0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and senior pastor of True Vine Baptist Church. This is my part as we welcome you, I welcome you, and I praise God that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. What a blessing. Thank you, praise team and band. We give God all the glory. Pray with me for a moment. Father, thank you for our time this morning. Thank you for your presence this morning. Father, we bow our heads before your holy presence. Thanking you, dear God, for another day. Thanking you, dear God, for another time. Thanking you, God, for just another day of worship. To remind ourselves, won't he do it? And God, we give you the glory. Father, thank with my mind and speak with my mouth that which you want to say to these thy people and bless them, whether in the house or via streaming. Touch now, O God, by your spirit. Touch now your servant. And Lord, I give you all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen Amen. and amen. amen. Praise God. Again, thank you. Praise team and band. Won't he do it? Amen. This morning, we want to share a bit of Scripture and a message to you this morning from John chapter 11, verses 45 through 53. So if you have your Bibles or your Android or your iPhone and you got the Bible app, turn to John chapter 11, verses 45 through 53. And I'll wait a second until you get it. I don't want to leave anybody out. Amen. Amen. I pray now that you have it, John says. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? Well, this man works many signs. If we let him alone like this, Everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and not that the whole nation should perish." Now this he did, not, he did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad, and then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word, You may take your seats. Part of this was from last week when we talked about Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. We went to Bethany and raised up his dear friend Lazarus from death. So you hear some of this. No, we're not going back to that one. We're going to a new one. And the new one today, this message is one man One death, one people. One man, one death, one people. John 11 details the death of Lazarus and his resurrection from the dead by the Lord Jesus. The raising of Lazarus from the dead was the last straw for the Pharisees, the scribes, Sadducees. The religious leaders had to get rid of Jesus. That's what they thought in their minds. He's doing too much. He's taking the people away from us. Really, they didn't have the people in the first place. So they hatched the plot to kill him. But you know, looking back nearly three years since Jesus was baptized by John and began his earthly ministry, in less than three days, Jesus would be crucified on the cross of Calvary. And then three days later, he rises from the dead. Praise be unto God. In our text, the first two verses gives us an example of the division Christ causes among people. Those of you that sit here, those of you that are via, via streaming, you know that there is a division that Jesus caused. Nobody thought about that the moment you gave your life to God. You thought everything's going to be all right. Well, really, everything is going to be all right. It's just some people don't like you now because you love Jesus and they don't love Jesus. Can I get a witness? You know when you're, I don't know if y'all remember the time you got saved. It's it's been a minute since I got saved, amen. But I remember that I got, I go home, have to throw my hat in the door. If it comes back cut up, I can't go in there. Why? Didn't, Didn't love Jesus like I love Jesus. In the church, it's the same thing. Many people com- com- complain, groan, and moan because they can't have it their way. Well, if you love Jesus, it don't matter. We're going to do it Jesus' way. Didn't he say he's the way, the truth, and the life? Oh, come on, somebody. In our text, the first two verses, helps us out. And then verse 45 says, Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him, I don't know whether that was a whole lot or just a few, but somebody believed in him. I believe today that somebody else believes in the Lord Jesus. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. You see, my friends, the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead was a spark that caused a a firestone of division among those who believed and those who did not. You know what is happening even today? Our world has turned a blind eye and a deaf ear to the goodness of God to the word of God, to the speakers of God. That they think that they can do it all themselves, but I want to warn them, whether they're watching us via streaming or in the house, that one day, one day you're going to stand before God and you've got to give an account of yourself to him. And I don't know what side you may be on, but if I'm on the Lord's side, I'm all right because he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. For those who don't know him, he's going to say, depart from me, you that work iniquity. Cast them out into out of darkness." Darkness. My friends, when it get dark value, it's showing up dark. But when you go and you stand before God, He casts you out in the darkness. It's really going to be dark. There is no light, none. The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, "What shall we do? For this man works many signs. Signs were miracles." Lazarus was a miracle as he raised him from the dead. He'd done many other signs than that. And so what can they do? They weren't even thinking about trusting God. They weren't thinking about uh, dealing with God on on the realm that he would have them to do. They they were just thinking about themselves. how, How selfish of them. How inconsiderate were they. Yet they missed out on the best blessing of all time. Trusting God as Savior and Lord. Why were the Jewish authorities afraid of Jesus? What harm had he done to them? Why could they not see that he is their long-awaited Messiah? When people are consumed with guilt and wanted to have their own way, listen, they imagine all types of things, real or imagined. Oh, I know you hear me this morning. They were afraid of losing their position. These folks were... They were accustomed to doing what they wanted to do. So many people in this world today are accustomed to doing what they want to do. I don't like to talk politics in church and preaching, but I can't understand for the life of me why 15 states want to turn around and call and tell people they got to do other things to vote. I don't get that. Well, you take away a lot of the places that people can go vote. It's all about them, don't you not know? They're taking the page from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They want it that way. But oh, I'll tell you, with the choir, choir sang that song, that there's victory in the Lord. My friends, whatever you may be going through today, don't you sweat it. Don't you worry about it. Remember this, there's victory in Christ. There's victory in Christ right now. They were afraid of losing their position in the community. They were afraid of losing their power over the people. And they were afraid of losing their nation to Rome. They were afraid that Jesus was taking from them the hearts of the people. And yeah, they were right. He was doing it, but he wasn't doing the way they were thinking he was doing it. He came not to take over. He came not not to strip them down. He came for those that didn't know him. He came for the dispossessed. He came for those that are the throwaway people. He came for the homeless and the helpless. He came for the sick and the helpless. He came for them. He came for those whose heart will be open to him. He came for the lepers when there was no cure. He came for the blind when there was no cure. He came for those who died, and he raised them up from the dead. There's victory in the Lord. One man, one death, one people. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God and deliverance from the sin and the clutches of Satan. The people followed him instead of their religious leaders who spoke only of themselves. These religious leaders considered this harmful. Jesus was not the problem. They were the problem. Listen, they were guilty of spiritual blindness. They were guilty of teaching the traditions of man rather than the commandments of God. They were guilty of unbelief that the Savior had come. They suffered from an acute condition of the heart problem. Spoken by Isaiah in chapter 29, verse 13. Verse thirteen. Listen what Isaiah says. Therefore the Lord said in as much as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips but have removed their hearts far from me and their fear toward me is taught by the commandments of God. No don't get riled up of because the world today is the exact same way. The people's mouths and lips spoke the right thing but their heart was not for God many people today speak the right thing but their hearts are not with God. Their hearts are not with the Lord Jesus. They may say go to church but they, they really don't mean it. They mean go there. No, so don't do nothing. Just come away. Some of you that come to church, you feel with other things rather than the Spirit of God. My friends, when you gather, when you're going to get it in your head, it ain't about you. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And God want to do things through us so he can bless other people. We, we sometimes don't seem to realize that. The many of you, we, we talk about gifts of the Spirit. My friends, we, we, we just think that the band and, and the ushers and the greeters are the only gifts in the church. Wrong. God wants to use every one of us to tell somebody that Jesus lives. I know you're waiting for next week, next Easter. My friend, it is Easter now. He has risen today. He's alive today. He's waiting on us today. To get motivated, get moving for the cause of Christ. How many of you know at least one person? That's just what I thought you do. Then why haven't you invite them to the church? They're folk in your own home, in your own clan, if you will. They don't know nothing about Jesus. Where are they? They're sitting there watching TV and they're not watching streaming with us. They're outside barbecuing before it rains. We'll be by in a minute. Amen. You see, people talk that noise. They, they, they talk a good game, but they're not really playing. You see, my friend, in essence, you have, as Isaiah said, honored God with your lips, but you have removed your hearts from him. When Jesus has your heart, nothing is too, too much for the Lord. The, the, the band sang this morning, I love you, Jesus. Oh, when they say that, I just, I just, I'm just all in tears. I'm just, a, I'm just a cupcake dead. I love you, Jesus, in spite of what's happening. In spite of what's going on. Because I know that you're a good God. I know that you're an awesome God. I know that you're an on-time God. Somebody ought to know what I'm saying. Have you ever prayed and looked like God was not going to answer? But you, all of a sudden, God showed up, and he showed out. Only God can do that. Have you been alone at night and didn't know what to do? But you began to call on him. He began to answer you. When your friends took you on Facebook, they befriended you. You couldn't get nobody on the phone. But you could, God always got a straight line number to Jesus. Anybody ever call him? Call him up, somebody said, and tell him what you want there. How do you call him up? Uh, start praying and say, Lord, this is me. I can't do it like the pastor. I can't do it like the reverends and the deacon. But, oh, God, listen, I got an issue. And I want you to come and help me. Trust me now. God will come. God will work it out. God will touch things happen. Father, they're messing me up at work. But I'm calling on you to fix it. Watch out now. Somebody's going to be real sign, And it won't be because of you. It's because of you. You called Jesus and worked it out. Our hearts cannot be far from him. If he has our hearts, he has everything else. Some people think, I'm not talking about you. Maybe those folks didn't show up. They think they'd give a couple of dollars to the Lord. They did something. No. You see, it's not money that God wants. It's the heart of man that God wants. Amen. He doesn't care about your possession. He cares about the heart of man, that you may be true to him and bless other people. In verse 48, he says, let, if we let him alone like this, talking about Jesus, everyone will believe in him. I sure hope so. And the Romans will come and take away both our place, that is our position of authority, and nation. Yeah, that was true. But you see, it was their fault. Had they listened to the Lord, had they trusted, they had the the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament. They knew that the Lord, as Isaiah and others talked about, that he was coming, but yet they didn't read it and listen to it. They didn't get down what preachers know today. We exegete the scripture. Go deeper and deeper and begin to check it out and what God says and what the writer really meant when he said it. But Jesus came, and they weren't ready. Jesus came, and they were ready to fight. Jesus came, and they wanted to catch him aside. Jesus came. He didn't come as a political deliverer. He came as a spiritual deliverer. And he came to deliver us today. Oh, my heart breaks because so many people don't trust God. So many people have put God aside. They think that what they're doing themselves is sufficient for life. It may be on this side, but on the other side, is not. Amen. I heard a friend of mine tell me that most people miss heaven uh, by 17 inches. In other words, they, they, they catch hell by 17 inches. From your head to your heart is 17 inches. God doesn't want him in your head. He wants, you, he wants himself in your heart. When our hearts change, then there is change. If there's no change in your heart, there is no change. You're just fooling yourself. You're looking good on paper, but in God's eye, there's no good. One of them, Caiaphas, he was the high priest being that year, and said to them, you know nothing at all." He's talking about his contemporaries. Then he says in 50, "Do you uh, Nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people. All right. Oh, you know my friends, folk today in this world are doing the same thing to other folk. But here in Scripture, God is speaking to this man, but he doesn't even know it. He says, Nor do you consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people and not that the whole nation should perish. All right. Now this is... Uh, this he did say, uh, did not say on his own authority, but being high priest that year, he prophesied or he, pro- he foretold that Jesus would die for the nation. He didn't think of that. God had mercy even in that situation, went upon his heart and, and had him to prophesy. And he didn't realize, even though he made that statement in verse 50, one man should be dying for the, for the nation and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Caiaphas was a prophet in spite of himself. He pronounces that one man should die for the nation. Not only did Jesus die for Israel, but he also died for us Gentiles. Amen. Had it not been for Jesus, had it not been for the prophecy of God through this unholy man, well, we would not be saved. We might have an opportunity to be saved. But we have that opportunity today. And so many people miss the opportunity because they want to keep living like they're living. I once thought in my mind, if I got saved, I couldn't do the things I used to do. I was right. If I got saved, I wouldn't have the fun that I thought I was having. I was right. But when I got saved, I started having more fun. When I got saved, I met more people. When I got saved, I got my whole other family to talk to. When I got saved, God began to work through me and touch other people's lives. Oh, when I got saved, I told somebody else about my Jesus. And God blessed them. God touched them, and God brought them to himself. Oh, when I got saved, God began to move in my heart. Dear friends, I don't know about you, but I cast aside all the things that I used to do. You see, I don't go to the club because I've lost the address. i got GPS, if you will, but I don't go because I don't want to go. I don't go because i got a heart for Jesus. If I go, god got to send me so I can go tell somebody. I'm not going on my own volition. Many of us think, well, if I get saved, I can't do this and that and the other. Well, partially right. But you know, when God comes into your life, he begins to work miracles. You see, Jesus is not just any man. So let one man die for the nation. No, he's not just any man. You feel streaming, listen to me good. He's not just any man. He is fully God and fully man. He's fully divine and fully human. He's God Almighty. There's no one like him. None. He doesn't have any competition. None, not even Satan. Not even Satan. Yes, it is the death of the one man, Jesus Christ, who suffered and died for one people. That's all of mankind. The Bible declares that he died for all men. The Bible declares that he came for all men. The Bible says he loved all men. God the Father said that's why he sent his only begotten son, that he should give his life for all men. Paul writes in Ephesians 2, 14 through 18, what the death of Jesus accomplished, for he himself is our peace. So many people today don't have peace. They think they got peace, but they don't have it. My friends, you got to have peace because Christ Christ is peace. His name means peace. Dear friends, Jesus alone is a source of our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. You see, the middle wall was in the temple that it was separated the Gentiles from everybody else, and the Jews had it working that way. Just like people today have put walls up so we can't get to here or get to there or do that. But don't worry about it. God is our victorious leader, and he's going to work it out, but I come to tell you this morning that this wall is symbolic of social, religious, and spiritual separation that kept Jews and Gentiles apart. It is the same wall today that keeps people apart from each other and the Lord Jesus Christ. If we didn't have walls, people can feel free by coming into this body of Christ and worshiping God. If we didn't have walls, we can go where we want to, do what we need to. If we didn't have the wall, if we didn't have the wall, you wouldn't have the mess that we have today. If we didn't have walls, you wouldn't have sisters killing of people in this country. Oh, somebody ought to be with me this morning. If we didn't have walls, we'd be coming together and getting Christ Jesus the Lord in our hearts. If we didn't have walls, we'd be able to serve one another without all of the contention that people have. In verse 15 he says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. The enmity is bitterness. The enmity is that which goes against that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man that is a spiritually, uh, a new person in Christ, no longer Jew or Gentile, only Christian. Right. We separate ourselves by our in this ethnicity. When you get to heaven, if y'all going, they won't be own division vision over here, over here, over here, over here. I heard one old digger say, this is the dressing up room. We need to practice right now what's going to happen. We need to get out of our mind of our self-imposed segregationist ideas and thoughts. We need to throw that aside and begin to trust God and believe in him. Oh, what if Jesus said, I just want these people. Where will the rest of the people go? If that's too heavy for you, we'll preach it again next week maybe. That he might reconcile them both to God in one body. Jesus' death reconciled Jew and Gentile. Why can't we be reconciled today by the Christian that's in us to bring one family and one ethnicity to another? Why do we look foolishly and and, and vainly at people who don't look like you? Oh, I know you ain't prepared to hear that. It ain't Easter yet, but we are getting close. We say we love God and what God is doing, but do you love God and God's people? I'm losing the battle, but I know God's got it. He came to preach peace. Our country is not in peace. It's in tatters. Our Asian community is not at peace. They're in tatters. Black Lives Movement folks are not in peace. They're in tatters. Why don't we move the wall? Why don't we get to be God people and love one another as he said? We ought to think about church the way we see church. But church ain't that way. Church is about God. Church is about his word. Church is about us getting the word into our hearts and becoming new creatures in Christ. You see, if I was an old person, I'd be cussing right about now. If I was an old person, I wouldn't even be standing up here. Not because I was too ashamed. Well, I ain't thinking about them people. But I can't have it now. No matter what you may think, no matter what you might do, I've got to come because I've got an order. I've got my orders from up high. I've got my God that told me I want you to go and tell them, Tell them that I love them. Tell them that I want them to come with me. Tell them I love them. Tell them by the word of God. for though through him we both have access. We don't have to go to anybody or anything to get to God. We just go to God himself. Right now, before we get to it, if you're not saved, whether you're online with us streaming or you're in the house of God, if you don't know Christ, you have access today. How do I mean that you got access to come to him and says, Lord, I, I believe that you are God. Jesus, I believe that you are him. I, I believe, oh God, that you, you can take my sin away. I believe that God the Father raised you from the dead. I believe you are the Savior of the world. Forgive me of my sins that I might be saved. Anybody bold enough to do it? Online, are you bold enough to do it? Has the Spirit of God moved in your heart so much that you just can't hardly make it, can't hardly take it? Don't just talk about me. God moved miraculously in my life. I wasn't even looking for Jesus, nor the church. But one day, one day my dear wife, prayed. I don't mean she prayed one time. She told me this before she died. She told me, I prayed for you 14 years. You know, it has got to be a strong woman to pray for a brother for 14 years. Because some of y'all ladies would have thrown us out. But she didn't. She believed God that he was going to do something. And he did. Thank God. Somebody Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again, and we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.